Hey, dear listener, do you enjoy listening to us ramble incoherently about Canadian politics and history? Boy, do we have a special fucking treat for you. We've got our first ever official live show at a bar. It's at Two Crows Brewing on uh, Brunswick Street in Halifax on Sunday, May the 26th at 8 p.m. And uh, if you go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, if you look at the banner at the top, it will take you to the tickets so that you can uh, book a ticket and come and spend some quality time. It is going to be a very intimate affair. There are like only about 50 tickets available. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to drink a lot. We're going to quiz. Reese is going to quiz me at the end, but he's also going to quiz the audience and see if they know more than I do. And any alcohol you buy, Reese and I, we promise to drink it no matter how much it is. If you want to hold our hair while we barf in the plants outside of the bar, we'll do that for you. So go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, click the banner at the top, and on Sunday, May the 26th at Two Crows Brewing on Brunswick Street, we will see you there. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, you know, I think I'm pretty sure Reese just said swastika like I do, Greg. Yeah, he's from fucking Wales, man. <laughs> what does that matter? How do you how do you pronounce swastika? Swastika. It's not swastika like a shawarma. <laughs> yeah, not a shawarma. Is <laughs> my well is my Welsh accent? It's not like a swashbuckling adventure. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what the third Reich was. Yeah, a swashbuckling adventure. <laughs> Maybe we just misunderstood what the role agenda was. <laughs> <laughs> History Defeats Itself is a comedy podcast. Kevin, John, and Greg are not experts, historians, or even all that smart. Hello, my friends. Welcome to History Defeats Itself, part of the Sonar Network of Podcasts. My name is Kevin Rosenquist. Thank you for spending your time with us. History Defeats Itself is a comedy podcast that wonders if we as people learn from the past or if we simply repeat and defeat ourselves. I am joined, of course, by my co-hosts out there in Los Angeles, California, John Banks, Greg Mitchell. How are you two? Wonderful. Fantastic. And for the first time, we have guests. In our two years, we've never had guests before, but we have two friends of the podcast with us from the hilarious podcast, Canadian Politics is Boring, Reese Waters and Jesse Harley. Welcome, gentlemen. Hold on a second. I can't believe you were your first guests. Yeah. What? Were your first guests? No, that's not true. Because remember, Jack was on the show for like 60... My son? That's true. For like 60 seconds. Wasn't wasn't he just trying to fix your audio? 
<laughs> yeah, that was part of it. So technically, we are the first guests. You guys you are, are the first, first guests. guests. Yeah, first technically, guests. good use wow. of technically. <laughs> Outside of admin and admin support and things like that. So I have two apologies to make. Uh, who's that? first off? Who's editing this? Who's going to be editing this uh, podcast? That's, uh, that's me. Kevin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So first apology is to Kevin for uh, having to edit this podcast. The second is to our listener uh, who, who will have to listen to five grown men speaking in their ear for an hour. Yeah. So enjoy. It's a lot. Enjoy that treat. That's. Yeah. Did you say <laughs> listener? I think you meant the royal listener. You, you know who you are. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so why don't you tell uh, tell the audience a little bit about your guys' show? Wow. So, um, well, uh, Canadian politics is boring. Is uh, basically me, uh, a Canadian immigrant. I moved to Canada three years ago, teaching an apathetic Canadian Jesse. That's me. About- about the crazy, <laughs> shocking stuff that uh, gets glossed over in Canadian politics. So, and he's 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 actually so it started that way because I genuinely don't care about politics, uh, and so he started sharing the most insane stories he could find. And now that we're locked in, we've been doing this for over a year now. We've got a really nice, healthy audience. Now he's just giving me regular old politics stories that like he's <laughs> he thinks he thinks they're fascinating because he really likes Canadian politics. And learning about politics. And I have to remind him, like, dude, this is boring for me. I don't want to. Yeah, but it's fascinating. For, no, man. Just, so I have we, to we, we did it. We, we just recorded an episode on Canada and Vietnam and how they tested Agent Orange on students in New Brunswick. That's not yeah, boring. It's, ter- it's, no, it's not. Okay. That's it fair sounds enough. great. For a, it sounds great. A great topic for a comedy podcast. We, we, yeah, uh, exactly. We, we'd often do great topics for com- comedy podcasts, too, like gun control. That was hilarious. Right. Right. I, I listened to that episode. It was really interesting. Well, thank you. <laughs> Notice he didn't say funny. It is hard to make jokes about, definitely. <laughs> yeah. That is that is something that Reese does enjoy doing on our comedy podcast as well, is sneaking in incredibly depressing topics as and gory. Gory and depressing on our <laughs> comedy. Uh, and then just watch Jesse navigate how it, how to be funny around them is very entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> We like to we like to throw in systemic racism every once in a while. That's always a nice oh, thing to get. The oh well, how can you not? Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's true. In it's our everywhere, how can you not? <laughs> well, that's very different than perpetuating systemic racism. This that's is true. true. Right. True. We just point it out. We're just like it's in this. It's in this. It's in this. <laughs> Jesse, I have to bring something up that you guys talked about in a recent episode that blew me away. I get it. Okay, you're not a politics guy. You're also not a sports guy. I know that. True. How, yep. how, did you really not know what Property Brothers was? No, I I don't watch. How the fuck did you not TV. know that though? I mean, that's like I think it like formed a cult. Well, I think in our country, in 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 the United States, we just assume they're royalty. You know, like it goes Trudeau, the Property Brothers, and mm. then like the cast of Schitt's Creek. You know, and then that's it. <laughs> well, I and, think and, that's and Ryan Reynolds. He's there too. Oh yeah, well, I forgot about yeah. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Of course. Well, and yeah. Ryan, God, you got a lot of Ryan's. Ryan Gosling. Ryan oh, that's Reynolds. right. Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan Gosling's Ryan. abs if are there's from a Canada. Common, if there's yeah. a common thread that I could weave through this, it's it's that all Canadians are incredibly handsome. <laughs> yeah. Yep. What yep. it's got to be. That's it. Or at least the one's named Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Ryan Mitchell coming at you. Gregory Ryan Mitchell. Gregory Ryan Mitchell. <laughs> Reese, whenever you get your uh, your your full citizenship, that's when that's the day you you technically become uh, handsome. A handsome Canadian, <laughs> handsome. So. Yeah. is the surgery part of the deal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, uh, Greg, Greg just, just became like a uh, an actual citizen of the United States, so he actually became a lot less handsome. Recently. He did. 
That's that what happens. That makes a lot of sense. And he okay, was not yeah. working with a lot to begin with, so it's really gone downhill for him oh, in the congr- last six congratulations, months. Congratulations, Greg. You're very welcome. And I did it so to, to vote for Biden. So I know. So Jesse, wow. you don't That's know cool. politics. So I, I, I have president. heard of Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, we now had a president called Donald Trump. Yeah, you may have heard he of was, him. Maybe he not. was a bad guy. It didn't go well. <laughs> oh, God, you yeah. know what's so weird? Honest to God, it's so so weird not hearing about Donald Trump every single day. Yeah. Isn't yeah. That you awesome? know, it's it's refreshing as hell, but it's weird after like so many years of it. You know, I know. Yeah. Trust, what happened today? Us. Oh, yeah. Donald, did you yeah. hear Donald Trump set fire to a kid in? And then ate it. Oh, don't surprise me. And his loyal followers are just loving this. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's crazy is like what he was able to undo and almost destroy in just four years. It's incredible. Like, it's not, it's, it's, it's it. not over yet, though. This was just the, the precursor. This was the yeah. start. That's the oh. dangerous part. Yeah, I mean, I, I I one of the reasons I came to Canada was Brexit was one of the main reasons for me. My, we had lots of different reasons, but like it's amazing how politics can like force people to just suddenly go, yeah, I'm going to do this. And, and 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 the same like the UK just lost a billion pounds worth of trade to the EU over the last year by leaving. So I'm like, I'm glad I, I left. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm glad I'm in Canada now. <laughs> and then and then Biden won, so it felt like it was uh, it was nice to to come to a continent where people were starting to make sensible decisions again. Well, well, <laughs> give us time. We'll disappoint you again. There's a lot of fucked up shit still happening, even though yeah. Trump's gone. <laughs> I said they were starting. I didn't That's say good. That's good. Consistent. Good yeah. <laughs> All right. So on each episode of History Defeats Itself, one of us picks the topic and does the research, and the other two, or in this case, other four, have no idea what the topic is going to be until it's revealed. And John is the lead today. So John, if you're ready, man, lay it on us. Tell us what we're going to talk about. Okay, right. so we're going to do a light topic. We're going to get into abortion. So let's yes. no. Good. Okay. no, no, no. My no. favorite. Are you going to perform an abortion? Like, <laughs> I, I, am. I, am. <laughs> I was wondering what that surgical table was back <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, it was yeah. weird. So I got, I got my mirror all set up and yeah, ready to go. Um, all right, so uh, we're going to do the history of the present and where is it all going of pharmaceuticals. Drugs? Drugs. We're talking about drugs. <laughs> Why did you say pharmaceuticals like there was another word coming after pharmaceuticals? No, no, just pharmaceuticals. Oh, we never did our shot. Oh, man. Are you guys drinking? Oh, shit. We're falling apart. We're falling apart here. I'm... Ah, uh, I've got I got lemonade. I didn't know this was a drinking podcast. Is well, wait, Jesse, you got to grab a... You got to drink... Grab a little drink. All right. We can wait. wait. One second. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to... I find it bizarre... As, as someone who comes from a, a country where prescription drugs are free as part of the part of the the whole system, when I come whenever I've been to America, how many drug adverts there are on TV? Yeah, oh yeah, oh, it's a oh, I, did, I guess I didn't it's think about that, is that. That you wouldn't have. Yeah, if you had free drugs, then you wouldn't have commercials for them. No, no, you, 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 they give you what you need, and you take it home, and you go, thank you, and you take it. There's, there's no, like, sales process. It's all, like, just white labels. <laughs> all right, I have returned. With, uh, but but how do you, how do you Serono, know, gentlemen. how do you know what's wrong with you if you can't, if you don't see advertisements? Well, but, but also, also it says, do you feel tired sometimes? Do you sometimes find maths hard? <laughs> Maybe you've got sleepy math hard itis, and we made up a drug for you. It's that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yep. It is like that. Uh, it's, it's, well, uh, in, in North America, we don't pluralize the word math. 
Yeah, so, I know. It's it's <laughs> Reese, we'll get that in here. I feel Reese. like you were rubbing that in our noses a little bit. <laughs> There's only one math, Reese. Free prescription drugs and no pluralize and pluralizing math. It's so. uh, what the uh, National Health Service, right? NHS, that's what it is, right? Yeah. That's what you guys. Yeah. All right, Man. did we take our shot yet? Cuz Oh yeah, here we do. Oh, I do. Okay. Okay. Was I not supposed to? I don't, I don't know. Drink, uh, I got more. <laughs> I got. Yeah. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, gentlemen. Skull. Cheers. Ugh. All right, let's do this shit. All right, gentlemen. <laughs> the oldest records of medicinal preparations made from plants, animals, or minerals are those of the early Chinese, Hindu, and Mediterranean civilizations. And herbal, about right. Yeah, it does, right? It really, I mean, they've been around for a long time. They have a, a compendium said to have been written in the 28th century BC for the legendary or by the legendary emperor Xianyong, which I mean, of course, if you guys don't know who that is, you're fucking idiots. So. He's, he's actually my favorite emperor. <laughs> Is he really right. number one? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he's, like, he's, up yeah. he's top five for me. But uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have a full tattoo of his face on my back. But he was fair. I'm getting a phone call from Marie now. <laughs> um, he described the anti-fever capabilities of a substance known as Shong Shong, which has since been shown to contain anti-malarial alkaloids. Can you so, spell that for us? The entire uh, sentence. <laughs> so it's W-H-I-C-H oh, This is the tree bark, isn't it? It is, yeah, it yeah no, I, You know, I, I learned about that No joke, there's uh, but there's a Because at first I thought it was like a weird joke And then I found out about it later I was like, oh no, this is actually true You can treat, I don't know if you can cure But you can treat malaria by chewing a very specific tree bark And I learned it from a fucking zombie video game <laughs> <laughs> Yeah <laughs> but you know what? That was probably their goal when they made the game, was we're going to teach people about this park. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So the purpose think, of the game. Yeah. I think that was the same video that I watched where I learned how to masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I didn't really learn. It was kind of, I just kind of figured it out. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I didn't watch any videos. I just kind of like, oh, hand dick. That's how you that goes. You figured out how to masturbate by watching a zombie video game? Is that what I'm Talking about tree bark, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds, sounds painful. I can't help what my penis does. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen right there. <laughs> I have a feeling their show is going to sue our show. <laughs> How dare you make me that? endure? We're going to we're gonna have to pay. We just have to edit each other's shows because we don't have any money in this show. So. <laughs> like, we'll just edit for you. And by, by we, I mean Kevin. Kevin, I do editing. Thanks, Kevin, John. Great. Appreciate you yeah. volunteering my services. Uh, workers at the School of Alchemy that flourished in Alexandria, Egypt, in the 2nd century BC, prepared several relative purified inorganic chemicals, including lead, carbonate, arsenic, and mercury. While attempts were made to use many of the mineral preparations as drugs, most proved to be toxic to be used in this manner. So hmm. a lot of people dying of mercury poison back then. So. Right. I've I've got a crazy Mercury story, and it's not Freddie Mercury. It is with the album. <laughs> <laughs> That's disappointing, Reese. But continue. <laughs> when when I, when I was a teenager, I was in a band, and the drummer we used to practice in his garage, and um, his dad worked in a steelworks, and he had a bucket of mercury in the garage just there on the site, and we used to play with it. It was really cool to play with. We were like, oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> you did not. <laughs> that, that explains the odd shape of your head. As a child, you physically touched and played. No, no, I was a teenager. With, I was a teenager. You physically <laughs> touched and played with Mercury yeah, on a like, regular like, basis. It was like Terminator Two. It was great. And fifteen years later, that boy grew up to have testicular cancer. <laughs> this explains so much about you. Oh my god! I didn't eat it. But you don't have oh, to absorb through the skin, man. <laughs> you know that's why Mad Hatters are called Mad Hatters, right? Yeah. He sounded so a- guilty. I didn't eat it. <laughs> you were so proud to say that too. You're like, yeah. I didn't eat it. No, no, no. Like, I'm, not, I'm not stupid. I do have some standards when it comes to handling toxic elements. <laughs> Jesus. Um. Please, uh, continue. <laughs> many plant-derived medications employed by ancient civilizations are still in use today. Egyptians treated constipation with cenopods and castor oil. So I guess apparently we still do that today. I don't know. When you guys get constipated, do you grab your cenopods? What the hell's a cenopod? I, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I just eat tacos, man. It sounds yeah. like a dinosaur. It does. <laughs> it does. What exactly is castor oil? I've heard of it before, but I don't really even It's like know. a fish oil, right? It's like an oil made from fish, I think. Oh, is that you have what a spo- it is? You have a spoonful okay. of it, and it tastes horrible, and it cle- like cle- helps clear you out, I think. It's basically like a water slide for your poop. You should be in marketing, okay? That What a slogan. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have a lazy river. <laughs> Reese um, wants a, a lazy river, you know? He likes to, like, you know, have a beer while he's doing it, you know? Just, just like, sort of relax. two hours is fine. I have a lazy river story that I can't believe I'm about to say on a podcast, but I'm going to... Uh, I like it. So uh, I was in... Yeah, I was in a lazy river with some theme park. You had a bucket I, of mercury I, with you. <laughs> so, we're, so we're in these tubes. Uh, yeah, just little, basically, tubes, like donuts floating down the lazy river. And then we all come to... like I'm, This is great. I've never been in a lazy river before. And we all come to this corner. And whatever reason, it's like, I don't know, badly designed or something. It becomes congested. There's like <laughs> 20 different people in lazy tubes just kind of bumping into one another. In the, and then becomes this giant pile of people just congested, bumping into other people who are in shorts, in, in little tubes, and they're not flowing anywhere. So we're all just in one big pile. And we're there for like two, three, four minutes, and nobody is saying anything. And it's getting weird, man, because more people just keep coming down the corner, and no one's moving past this point. And so like I'm in the middle of like 20 people surrounding me. It's 20 half naked people sitting in tubes and no one saying anything and I couldn't help myself man I just I just I broke the silence and I yelled out loud okay who towed my ass and (laughs) (laughs) I thought it would get a laugh it did not (laughs) it was even more awkward silence after that so so everyone was just concerned like is there someone underneath the water towing people's asses And was it little toe or big toe? That's that my concern. I'm not so, not so worried about little toes. Yeah, little little so, toe is like, oh, that was kind of nice, you know. Yeah, you can you can breathe through that. It'd be odd if you'd be able to tell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who is stuffing their pinky toe in my rectum at this very moment? That 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 feels like a middle toe. That's a that feels like a middle end. toe. Yeah. I'm glad I got that out there into podcast world. You're welcome, listener. You know, uh, Jesse, I feel like I feel story. like you've been dying to say that to somebody for a very long time. Oh God! It's just like a relief now. <laughs> was this was this last week? <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
Okay, sorry for uh, t- t- interrupting your. No, your that is that is the name. That is your story about uh, is, assholes. So what we do? <laughs> that is what we do. Uh, ancient Chinese physicians administered ma huang, a plant containing epinephrine, for a variety of treatments. Today, I have a feeling that you pronounce Asian words the way Reese pronounces French words. You mean wrong? Yes. <laughs> yeah. The, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not popular with French Canadians. That's probably a good thing. I'm terrible <laughs> at the English language. I'm, and then, and then any time I try to pronounce anything that's outside of that, is, it, it just gets worse. But, but I, as Greg told me a couple episodes ago, just say it with confidence and move on. So I'm pronouncing yeah. all of this wrong. But I'm okay with that. Just say Massachusetts and just own Mass- it. Massachusetts. Yeah, exactly. Massachusetts. 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 Yep. I was hoping I could chime in with my Lazy River story. Oh, yes. You have a Lazy River story. You know what? This right. is going to be a Lazy River episode. <laughs> I love that we're alternating between ancient medicine and Lazy River stories. <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad I gave up my, la- or my Memorial Day weekend to do all the research. But that, no, go ahead. Please, Greg. <laughs> Yeah, I'm curious. I want to hear it's, now. It, it's not a great story. It just, you know, I, I once got a little bit drunk and went to the old Six Flags, which is an amusement park, and they have a big water park. Greg used to work at a Six Flags. I did. I got fired from there. Gross incompetence. That's right. There's kids and adults, and we're floating in the river, and uh, like a three-year-old's like next to me, and he's having fun. And I go, hey, are you having fun? And he goes, yeah, I peed like 15 <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> so I, I got out of the lazy well, river. Well, uh, hey, man, he was living free. You know? yeah. yeah, man. <laughs> so, yeah. It's the ultimate lazy river moment right there. His mom That's was like right amazing. behind him going, stop he was, it! He was stop probably it. having a boost of epinephrine. So. <laughs> and then some weird middle-aged man started screaming, who's towing my ass? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that oh, a great day? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize I you like, guys were together like, that day. I got like three phone numbers. <laughs> I was looking for the tow guy. All right, I want to learn about drugs. All right, today epinephrine <laughs> is used in many pharmaceuticals intended for the treatment of cold and allergy symptoms. The Greek physician Galen included opium and squill among the drugs in his apothecary shop. So the squill. Got, yeah, exactly. For treating colds? Opium? Uh, no, no, no. Opium no. will it's, treat it's, fucking anything if you take enough of it, man. Like, just... <laughs> <laughs> it fixes sadness, for sure. Squill <laughs> sounds like a paste made from quails. Is that what it is? <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's Actually, it's a flower. It's a coastal flower. Oh, okay. But but it oh. turns out, so close today, close. They, 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 they no longer use it for medicine, but it is one of the main ingredients in rat poison. Oh, God. What is it? Squill. What? Squill. I'm actually Squill. writing a script right now that has rat poison in it, so that's very interesting. I might look that up. Thank you very much. The thing that's interesting know. is that I found that uh, in, that on my wife's grocery list. Uh, <laughs> rat poison. Squill for Greg. Oh, times ten <laughs> under the under the <laughs> yeah. four Greg section. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for Greg. <laughs> There's battery acid and, and a tarp. You know, we we have a saying on our podcast: if we can help one guy. In his screenplay writing, we've done our job. So there we go. What? So is that our what? saying? No, he, he said he's writing a screenplay. <laughs> okay, so I don't. That's I don't, true. Yeah. Is our episode over now? <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. I think the whole podcast is over. Because <laughs> we helped somebody finally. Congratulations, workshopping Jesse's script. <laughs> it definitely peaked. <laughs> Pharmaceutical science improved markedly in the 16th and 17th centuries. In 1546, the first pharmacopoeia, or collected list of drugs and medicinal chemicals with directions for making pharmaceutical preparations, appeared in Nuremberg, Germany. Previous to this time, medical preparations had varied in concentration and even in constituents. 
other pharmacopias followed in Basel, Augsburg, and London in 1618. The London Pharmacopia became mandatory for the whole of England and thus became the first example of a national pharmacopia. Another important advance was initiated by Paracelsus, a 16th century Swiss physician chemist advocated the use of chemistry to study the preparation of medicines rather than the use of alchemy. Oh my god, how late, how long was alchemy being studied for? Like when did that stop? Has it <laughs> Essential oils are pretty much alchemy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Bath bombs. Now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> once once they got the bubbles to tickle your balls just right, that was uh, that's where they knew they were like. I wonder yeah, what the qualifications were for being a 16th century physician. <laughs> I, I think if you just owned a saw, <laughs> you owned a saw and you didn't and you didn't pass out when you saw blood. That was pretty much yeah. the only two things you needed. Yeah. Confidence as well. It was lumberjacks after they cleared off all the trees. Like, well, fuck, what are we going to do now? I'm going to cut that guy's leg off. That guy's leg doesn't look good. <laughs> I read a thing once saying that a lot of people who spent a lot of time on battlefields became surgeons because they were just, there was just so much like carnage because they were still using like swords and arrows and everything. It was just like you could literally see inside a lot of bodies. And that's how a lot of um, surgeons learned was you battlefields. You fucking love talking about this shit, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Remember when Luke Skywalker was riding on that fucking thing in the snow and he had to look inside that body? He had to like cut it open yeah. and climb in for warmth? <laughs> yeah. <Wampa. laughs> yep. yeah. Yeah, exactly. He was yeah. a surgeon. It's, yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's like they either become Jedis or they become surgeons. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm saying Wampa like I know what I'm talking about. I'm just going to do that real quick. Just, just make sure it is. Is it? Is it a it is. It's a no. A womp. That's not a wampa. Fuck. A wampa's the big, the the big monster in the cave, the ice uh, cave. Shit. But considering Jedi is supposed to like keep life, think life is precious. He used an animal as a sleeping bag. The whole thing is for a long time. It was just a temporary <laughs> overnight sleeping bag. It was. It was really cold. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think whatever the fuck that thing was had a lightsaber. So you know. Nor did it nor did it have thumbs. So really, Luke crawl just, are, you, are you googling into what, what was the sleeping bag? Yeah, what the fuck did Luke crawl into in sleep? Is what I googled. And <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> uh, I really I wish I was from Wales so I could say <laughs> cool sentences like that. Are you like really? What? Go- are you really googling? No, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> we already we established we cannot do accents on this show. We're certainly yeah, not going to start that. now. Yeah, I'm sorry. exactly. The, um, uh, Although the Reese does a well. fantastic really... Canadian Canadian accent. <laughs> does he? Hi, I'm Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Dead. That's, all, that's all I can do is that sentence. Three. <laughs> um, well, so Reese, actually, uh, it was kind of fascinating. You bring up all the the like war guys. A, a lot of the American phar- pharmaceutical companies, the guys who started those back in the like mid nineteenth century, were all uh, like Jedi's sur- surgeons on the battlefield in the Civil War. Oh no ah, way! There you go. Yeah, so there we you're, go. You're fucking smart, man. Yeah, he's a smart. I read a book once, and I remembered a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I remember movie. things. Kevin and I are about to be fired from this podcast. <laughs> Welcome to History Defeats Itself with Ja, Jesse, and Reese. <laughs> Sorry, we'll start our own one called Canadian Politics is Boring. 
<laughs> nice. That's nice. It's fascinating. Canadian politics is awesome. Canadian <laughs> politics is just like a big lazy river. Yeah, but you make it. You, you have a have a podcast called Canadian Politics is Awesome, where all you do is badmouth our podcast. <laughs> oh, I've, I've been doing that online for a while now. <laughs> Are you the That's one who gave you. us the, the review calling me a foreign leftist? <laughs> Did you really? Is that, is that true? Did you really get that? Yes. Yeah. I we 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 printed a T-shirt with it on. Yeah. He's he's been turning our. I'm I'm not making this up. I wish I were. Reese has been turning our shitty one star reviews into T-shirts that have been selling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. monetize hate. That's what I say. That's your brand. That's your brand right there. I love it. What What are some of the catchphrases? What you got? Uh, just dumb and bad was another just dumb one. and bad. Yeah. <laughs> the other one was a very bad podcast. <laughs> that's really, it's really specific, like specific, but general at the same time. Yeah. Somebody else said if they could punch a podcast, they would. <laughs> a very punchable podcast. Yeah. A very punchable podcast. Wow. That's yeah, what did you do to deserve that? You think? <laughs> We're just being ourselves. They just had an episode. (laughs) (laughs) Now coming to you live, Canada's most punchable podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That that DeSerono is really starting to, is is warming me up. DeSerono, that's a good call. DeSerono, oh yeah. Is that, did you bring that or was that just in the Airbnb? <laughs> yeah, I, I brought it. I brought okay, it. Okay. Wouldn't that be something? Drinks yeah. cabinet with the hits from Bro- the sand. Broken in the liquor cabinet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Um, leave a, the, uh, leave a leaning 18? on top of the Disarono cap. Yeah. <laughs> See, John, a loony. <laughs> I know what a loony is. I know what a loony is. Okay. It's a cartoon, right? That's a, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. We're the only. I think I don't know of any other countries that have cute nicknames for their money. Every, I no. think everybody does it. <laughs> really? I don't think so. <laughs> Let's our one dollar. Our Let's one dollar coin is a loony. Like a, 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 our two dollar coin, coin is in the a, UK is called a quid. Um, that's not a cute nickname. Yeah, that's that's literally the weird. name of. That's five pound is called it, a fiver. What is what is a quid? <laughs> what is a quid? One pound. It's a pound. Okay, got it. Or a hundred pence, if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> they're not actual. They're not the actual names. It's those are what those the, are cute nicknames. What the fuck it? is a pence? <laughs> a pence is like cents. So like uh, ten oh, pence. Right, right. Yeah, it is. Got it. Someone got has it. obviously never watched Monty Python. <laughs> no, 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 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I learned all my cute little English words from Monty Python. Yeah. Don't say from. You're not allowed to say from Monty Python like that. <laughs> I love Monty Python. I'm, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> now Benny Hill, that guy was a dick. <laughs> was he? I no. I think actually, I think that was the. I think that was the first like breast I saw on television. Was yeah, Benny Hill I mean, show. I mean, was, was yeah. Benny Hills? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, it was just, just one. It was just one. Yeah. He did have three nipples. Yeah, can he sex? He's um, juggling his own boobs on TV. <laughs> <laughs> In the 1800s, many important <laughs> compounds were isolated from plants for the first time. No segue, no transition, <laughs> straight back to learning. Just what we do. That's what we do here on History Defeats yeah. Itself. We yeah. just get right back in I don't in know there. how to, yeah. <laughs> like, speaking of 
breast? <laughs> the 1800s. <laughs> um, many imported compounds were isolated from plants for the first time. Around 1804, the active ingredient morphine was isolated mm. from opium. In 1820, quinine for the treatment of malaria was isolated from quinchona. Bark. Isn't quinine in um, tonic water? Yes, it is. Okay. So you can just, if you just drink gin and tonics, you won't get malaria. And, and quinine, is it quinine or quinine? I thought it was quinine. Quinine. Uh, I forget how to pronounce it, but if you drink quinine with alcohol, it actually intensifies the effect of alcohol on your system without you having to actually drink more alcohol, which is why gin and tonics are so damn popular. That is a pro tip. Thank you. Yeah, that is a pro they tip. make me break out in hives. Oh, <laughs> okay. Less, less pro tippy. Yeah. Of course, you need a lot of quinine to actually make that happen, and the amount that's in tonic is probably not enough. Maybe just enough to give you a little boop, little boost. But uh, you can go and get quinine in much larger doses. That it's like a party drug. Here, take this. Have a shot of vodka. Be fucked for the next five hours, sort of thing. Right. So. And I think by hives, John meant uh, herpes. <laughs> you don't understand how herpes works because I keep getting hives on my on my nuts. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Must be <my> genitalics. <laughs> That's right. Sorry for interrupting the learning with more learning. Please continue. <laughs> well, so is it, is it cinchona? Is that how you say cinchona bark? Because that's the bark you were talking about. I, I don't the, know how to pronounce. You can that. chew on. Yeah. No, well, that's the bark. Yeah, you can chew on it, and, and it has malaria. Uh, helps. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Cinchona? Cinchona. Is that what it's called? Cinchona? What did you you call it? I said Cinchona. Cinchona. All right. Yeah, but I don't know. You know what? Let's just go with Cinchona. I mean, we've established many times. I I can't say words. (laughs) 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 Let's just skip the end, John. (laughs) It's it's the Cholo Bark. Cholo Bark. Cholo Bark. All right, good. And then Colchicine for gout treatment from... Uh, Autumn Coracus. In 1833, atropine, which had a variety of uses, was purified from Atropa belladonna. And in 1860, our favorite drug, cocaine, a local Senate, was isolated from coca leaves. So yeah. somebody in 1860 was like, you know, if I take this shit and I put something in it, I'll get a powder and then I can store that powder and then I'll go to cool Hollywood parties. You know, so. it's, it's like we talk about a lot on this show. People just are always looking for ways to get fucked up. Like throughout the, the history of humankind, yeah. like people just yeah. were always like, "Man, I do not want to live in reality. What can I do to escape?" I know, Life's right? Hard. Cocaine actually <laughs> blows my mind. Honestly, like I've, I, it's the concept of cocaine and where it came from. You know, like someone walking through the jungle, they come across this tree. You know, or you know, this leaf, and they're like, you know what I really want to do? I want to take those leaves, and I want to grind them into a fine, fine powder, and then I want to sniff it up into my nose and just see what happens. Just try <laughs> it out, you know? It's like, it's like smoking, it's like weed or something. It's like, how many things did they smoke before they found marijuana? You know, like, what were they smoking, you know? Like, and what, what was ashes. like, hey, there's that plant. Let's just, like, grind it up a little bit and throw it in something and light it on fire and see what happens, you know? Somebody had a list one day which said things in nature that make me high. Um, just, just process of elimination, crossing out, smoking, sniffing, and yeah. injecting every plant. Uh, you know, I tried smoking dandelions. That didn't work. All right, let's yeah. cross that off the list. We licked this frog. We got high. We licked that one. We died. So, like, <laughs> we, so we the second frog, frog and- not the ideal frog. Obviously. <laughs> Don't lick the red frog. Don't lick the red frog. <laughs> oh, they will fuck you up. Um, in 1842, ether was first employed as an anesthetic during surgery, and chloroform followed soon after in 1847. 
These agents revolutionized the practice of surgery, helping to reduce the pain felt by patients. So before this time, the way that doctors did, dealt with did you pain... Say, sorry for interrupting. You said ether? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they, they, would put, they would basically knock you out with ether. They would put on a rag. I've seen that in movies yeah. before. No, no, yeah. no joke here for a second. I thought ether was the theoretical substance between atoms in the vacuum of space. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah, me too. Me too. No, no, I, seriously. Like, I, isn't that like what? Isn't it? Can, thought, can it not be both? Or yeah. I guess. No, I'm dead serious. I'm not making. I'm not making that up. Like I thought that was. I thought that's what that was. That's. Am I wrong? It's with actually, that? Is that it, not it what that's called? Pronounced and spelled the same way. In the ether you? or taking ether? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Cool. I had no idea. No. When you take that stuff in space. <laughs> And you put it on a rag, yeah. and you inhale it, you get pretty fucked up. That's yeah. why people go to space. That's why people. That's, go, that's why we went to space in the first place. Give no, shit about no. the moon. Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin are like, man, we gonna get fucked up on the moon, man. <laughs> they just want. They just try to smoke it. Buzz, smart. yeah, Lance. Buzz, Buzz. What is it, Lance? This tank is eighty percent oxygen, twenty percent ether. Take your helmet out and take a big sniff. Just trust me, with this. <laughs> Jesse. Jesse, you're gonna love what I'm gonna say next. Imagine oh surgery without anesthetic. No, no. <laughs> disgust. <laughs> well, that's, so, so before disgust. Before it, this, it, the, like it was no. that was Fuck one you. of the things is like surgeons. If you're a good surgeon, it was based on how fast you were. Oh wow! Uh, well, without speed anesthetic, surgery. I believe that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> speed right. surgery is a forgotten feat. <laughs> 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 it's similar to speed dating or speed reading. You know, it sounds like a fucked up game show. I'm gonna oh get in. God. I'm gonna get out. It's gonna be like a bank robbery. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Another one died. You're oh, like yeah. a magician. Like, uh, and where's your kidney? <laughs> Slight of hand with your organs. (laughs) (laughs) Have you have you guys ever watched the show The Nick on HBO Max? I have actually. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's It's very good. good. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's set like it's nineteen hundred and it's about surgeons. Um, or about like this hospital. It's a fantastic show. It's not yeah, for the I squeamish. Will. That is for sure. Never it's watched not. that. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't watch they just, that. They just steal dead bodies to practice on, don't they? That's that's most of the show. A big part of the show. Yeah. And yeah. pigs, and they do a lot of, and they smoke a lot of opium. You know. Like you did in the 1900s. Yeah. So, yeah. Like John, you would have fit in really well there. You've always wanted to chase the dragon. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, I know. I, I mean, well, I mean, as soon as we get off, I'm going to be chasing that dragon. So, I, got, I got my opium in the mail, you know? In the mail? So, yeah. It's, you know, it's a new program. It's, it's, it's door opium. I don't know. Yeah, it's, the new, it's the new drug delivery program by DoorDash. That's uh, what isn't that what Ob- Obama cares about? Because <laughs> <laughs> he cares if you have opium or not. That's, yeah, door to door opium delivery. Thanks, Obama. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I wish. <laughs> These agents revolutionized the practice of surgery, helping to reduce the pain felt by patients. After the introduction, careful attention could be paid to prevention of tissue damage, and longer and more complex surgical procedures could be carried out more safely. And, and slowly, more of one, of the, one, of the, one of the biggest problems with ether was it was very flammable, and they were always doing surgeries under candlelight, so they did have a problem with people catching on fire. Well, they were probably also smoking. So, you Are know, you like, that was fucking serious? Yeah. Smoking while they yeah. do it. No, they really did. They, they, they had huge problems ashing with... into a kidney. <laughs> oh, man. That's still this fucking <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> It's going to get me Doctor, we, we, we left the whatever in there. It'll be fine. It'll, it'll be fine. I think the ashtray's still in there. Just sew them up. Just sew them up. 
<laughs> I just insist on them like doing surgery outdoors in the daytime. Thank you. Just, <laughs> I don't care if there's bees or anything. Just do it. It's fine. <laughs> you would care if you were allergic to bees. So. I would. <laughs> Look, Reese, we, we can't do surgery during the day. There's a lot of bees out. We're going to have to do it at night under candlelight. The bees go away then. There's mosquitoes, but there's no bees. Right. Exactly. Well, and then, and then the problem with chloroform, because uh, that was another thing they used to not Wait a minute. Was... I love that podcast. <laughs> Greg's like, there's no problem with chloroform. Oh, yeah. The problem with chloroform was the name of my band. <laughs> no one's ever said that sentence before. The problem with chloroform. Well, no, as, well, I mean, it's the problem after chloroform. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that the only people who say that are serial killers. Yeah. The problem with chloroform is, you know, it just kind of gets all over. The place. They, they pass out and they get so heavy. You don't want them completely out. You want them manageable. That's what you want. You want them manageable. But no, it, it causes it causes severe uh, liver damage. Oh, yeah. You know, right. So you make it out of your heart surgery only to die of liver. <laughs> when you're trying to get someone to pass out so you can take them somewhere and murder them, you really don't want them to have liver damage. <laughs> I was thinking more of surgery, but yeah, okay, that's a good point. Okay, gotcha, that's a good gotcha. point. Yeah. Well, you just say while you're in there, sort my liver out as well. And a breast implant. Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> In uh, 1853, the French surgeon uh, Charles Gabriel Pravaz invented. Ooh, have the Reese hot- say it. He loves French. Yeah, yeah he loves <laughs> French. Right, it. Like Charles Reese. Gabriel Pravaz. It <laughs> <laughs> was like good French. Spot we do, on. We great. should do a podcast together just called Words. <laughs> my, 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 my nine-year-old son corrected my French. He's doing French in elementary school, and I, I, I said tout le monde, and he was like, "No, it's uh, tout le monde." And I was embarrassed by a nine-year-old. <laughs> it's like I've been to France more than you. <laughs> so he doesn't get any supper. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you can still control that. He hasn't been out of his room in a week. <laughs> oh, he's only allowed to eat croissants. So. <laughs> and only if he pronounces them croissants. Yeah, right? <laughs> like his dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this French surgeon, he invented the hollow hypodermic needle, which was first used in the treatment of disease in the same year by Scottish physician Alexander Wood. Now, because drugs could be injected directly into the bloodstream, rapid and dependable drug action became more readily producible. Development of the hollow hypodermic needle also led to an understanding that drugs could be administered by multiple routes and was of a great significance for the development of the modern science of pharmaceuticals. Were these needles like hose pipes at the time? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I feel like John is... Like every, because we'll, we'll all laugh and we'll have it. We'll tell an anecdotal story and we'll all take a drink, and then there'll be a tiny little lull, and then John just goes straight back into <laughs> teaching. And it's like we're at a party, okay, and the four oh, of us, oh, I like that. Like having Reese, fun, Greg, and, he's and an Kevin, asshole. and me, yes. we're all like drunk and just tell weird stories. Yeah. And then John just wants to tell us like he's not very good at parties or with women, and he just he's like you know he just he wants to he just wants to tell us like what he learned at school that day, you know. And there's like a a little lull in the conversation. He's like, "Oh, yeah. this is my inn." And it's like, and 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 in 1857, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's like, "Thanks, Buzz Killington." You, you, you nailed the entire format of our podcast. So yes, John does not get laid. <laughs> That's what it should be. 
<laughs> Sorry, please continue, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now continue. Can I get it? It's also really like just... a theme of our podcast is kind of shitting on whoever's leading, so this yeah. is going great. Yeah. Yeah, this is, this we go. is fantastic. We'll continue. This is the best fucking episode ever. <laughs> this is the best party ever. John's like, I'm still on page one, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, skip the 19th century, we're going to skip the 20th century. So do you guys, so now we're going to have a little quiz. So, Ooh, quiz. Just, so oh, do you okay. guys know all the ways you can have a drug administered in your body? Uh, yes. Rectally? Rectally. Orally. Yeah. I was going to say anally. That's yep. what I said. <laughs> yep. It's the same thing. Rectally, anally. <laughs> you can uh, push it in your eye. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Hypodermic needle, a hollow one. Yep. Uh, there's, there's always like a glass. <laughs> you could drink it through that. Yeah, you can drink it. Yeah, that's, that's, so orally, that's orally. That's orally. That's what nasally. you call it. Nasally. Yeah. Yeah. Nasally. <laughs> if I listen to this episode any longer, it's going to get me high. Ass to mouth. That's a, is that a... I think we're off topic. Human centipede branch of, <laughs> of medicine. A lot of, a lot of people don't know, but that's the, that's actually the correct way to take a suppository. You get somebody <laughs> puts it in their ass and then they shit it in your mouth. <laughs> that's that's actually why we wanted to get five guys onto a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> is, 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 isn't there one method that now they use that is like a, an injection, but it doesn't actually go, doesn't pierce the skin? It just somehow like blasts it through your skin. I don't know if that was just made like up. Like a hypodermic needle <laughs> from Star Trek? Is that a Star Trek thing? I don't know. Reese, I don't think you should keep going to that doctor. <laughs> <laughs> that reminded me of um, that movie, No Country for Old Men, where like uh, he had that, co- that oh, yeah, the cow, cattle. The, like, the cow killer. Just, yeah, the thing that kills the cows. In the, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, you administer it through the skull. That's how you do it. I don't it. think that's a good way to administer a medication. Right? <laughs> I've seen one of those used in real life for the... With a real cow. So you guys got most of them. Okay, you hear got John, John. <laughs> let's let's walk that one back for a second. Reese just said that he saw one being used on a real cow. Yeah, I, I was filming at a slaughterhouse, and we filmed the whole process from basically cow walking in, and it left it as various packaged meat and leather for Italian car seats. Damn, Jesse, you weren't kidding. He's kind of fucked up, huh? <laughs> yeah, I know. Were you <laughs> eating like a cheeseburger at the end of it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Let's go for lunch. There was like a lunch. McDonald's stand right at the end. <laughs> but the best part was the, the guy who owned the slaughterhouse, they were lovely, lovely people. But he said he said they, they sometimes bring school kids down so they can learn where their food comes from. <laughs> oh my hey, God. if you're going to eat it, you better figure out where it comes That's from. That's true. You better know. No, that is completely wrong. What the is the old that, that saying? Like, if you if you enjoy sausage, don't watch how it's made. Right? Yeah, yeah. but you, I don't know. I disagree with that. But anyway, those things are horrible. My, my point, I guess I was trying to make, is those, yeah, that No Country for Old Men, that tool is, it works. It, it actually works. Effective. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Reese. Like <laughs> so if anyone's out there is looking to kill anybody, just, to <laughs> just find a, a poorly managed slaughterhouse. <laughs> you see Reese flipping a coin. <laughs> and he's got a bowl cut for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and the Cohen brothers are following him around. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so the two that we didn't get, guys, you miss vaginal. Uh, and, no, we didn't. And- <laughs> <laughs> I miss vaginal. Uh. <laughs> I love that. Oh, after that. <laughs> and epi- epi- epidermal. So, 
It's All not right. the skin one. Is that the yeah. thing that Reese was talking about? <laughs> no, or no, no. Is that no. just like, a, just, like, a, like, a just, lo- like an ointment? Like, yeah, you just, you just rub it on your skin and your body absorbs it. The yeah. thing that Reese was talking about doesn't exist. So. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> only, in, only in sci-fi films. <laughs> right. And, and slaughterhouses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. What, oh, the prevention of infectious diseases took place near the beginning of the 19th century with the introduction of smallpox vaccine, which if we go back to... what Was that your first episode, Greg? The vaccine one? I don't think so. I think no? uh, my first one was I Love John Banks. Aww. No, your first one was vaccines. It was? Yeah. Oh. So that were the, um, the milkmaids who were yeah, getting... Yeah, exactly. And they, yep. Didn't they, they harvest the vaccine from, like, warts or something on their bodies? Is, that's what, yeah, or from pus. From, like, yay. boils, basically. Yes. Yeah, it was... It was, uh, it was <laughs> Damn, the, I really cow, wish I was pox. eating something right now. <laughs> 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 well, you could eat... You could eat ass. I mean, I can't like that. <laughs> okay, now you're ruining eating ass. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> uh, John, man. So, sorry, Mom. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Your mom listens to this show? No. <laughs> my parents don't even fucking know how to work the goddamn podcast platform. My mom so, listens no. to my show, no matter how many times I ask her not to. I, not <laughs> I think my parents listen to, like, maybe the first two, and then they're like... I'm glad he's doing something. <laughs> <laughs> he, you know what? He made it further than we thought he would. Yeah. So. <laughs> so did you did you guys know that that uh, the, a human male will fill up in his lifetime will fill up almost three five gallon buckets of uh, of semen. I mean, he won't actually put it in there, but that's how much that's how much semen you produce. Is, is, that, is that actually in the pharmaceutical research, or are you just is that a callback? I just I just wanted to tell him because I just feel like we did learn that in a previous episode. Three three Home Depot buckets. Oh my god! What do your notes look like, man? Jesus Christ! In the eighteen hundreds, they invented like the five different ways to apply drugs. Nineteen hundreds bucket of semen. Just like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that came from either. Three buckets. Three buckets of semen. Three buckets. Oh <laughs> um, god. In the, in the late 1790s, oh. the English surgeon Edward Jenner observed that milkmaids who had been infected with the relative benign cowpox virus were protected against the much more deadly smallpox. So after this observation, he developed an immunization process based on the use of crude material from the cowpox lesions. So yeah, so basically he would just like poke it and he would like get the pus and then poke it in you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so. I mean, that's pretty accurate. I, I think it's good. John, I think you're dumbing it down. <laughs> Dip the pus and poke it in ya. <laughs> the success was followed in 1885 by the development of rabies vaccine by the French chemist and microbiologist Louis Pasteur. And, uh, and you know what that guy's famous for? Um, for the rabies vaccine? <laughs> Pasteurization. Like Pasteurization, buddy. No, oh, no. Oh. Oh, neat. Son okay. of a bitch. That's, wow. Neat. I didn't know that. You know what, Greg? You should take this thing over. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it from here, guys. So, what's the topic again? <laughs> I can't remember. Buckets of semen. Semen. Buckets yeah. of semen. Definitely semen. Three. Three semen buckets through of semen. The ages. Yeah. Also, yeah, it's called 15 gallons. Could you imagine like, carrying all those buckets through the office? <laughs> Did you ever see that episode of the office where, uh, where Kevin like uh, spills that big bucket of chili that chili. he made? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. So imagine you're carrying your buckets of semen around, and the same thing happens to you. I need it for my entire life. <laughs> that would be a bummer because if you were saving that, that's a lot of effort. Like that's yeah. a whole lot of effort in there. I was saving those for my forties and fifties. And if you're up to the fifth bucket, it means you're like really old too, or just really active. 
I mean, in masturbation. You're ahead of the average, I guess. Sorry. Uh, listeners, uh, we're going to take, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna take a small break. And when we come back, we're going to not be talking about semen. <laughs> Possibly. I hope, I hope that ad is for semen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, welcome back to the show. We hope you enjoy <laughs> that commercial about semen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so in 18, we're going we're gonna to jump in. So 1899, aspirin became the most effective and popular anti-inflammatory, anagelistic, anti-pyretic drug for at least the next 60 years. Cocaine, derived from the coca leaf, which we talked about, was the only known local anesthetic until about 1900, when the synthetic compound benzocaine was introduced. And ba- basically, it was uh, a little bit more effective and a lot less toxic. So that's all. Like so, that's like right, right at the turn of the 19th century into the 20th century is when they started to figure out how to synthesize these chemicals and and make safer versions of it. Wow. So yeah. Oh, cool. Which what happened was a lot earlier than I would have thought. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. So because science was still pretty new as well. Yeah. Right. I was thinking maybe like the 90s. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> six weeks ago, like yeah. right, yeah, yeah. They were like, "Oh, grunge music! Oh my god, guys, I figured yeah, out how yeah. to synthesize cocaine." <laughs> I was listening to this Nirvana track, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, "Whoa!" See, Jesse, Jesse, grunge was a movement that happened out of Seattle, and there was like Nirvana and Sanger. I just figured you don't know anything about hockey, so you didn't know. <laughs> thank you, grunge. thank you. No, that's, okay. that's smart. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> appreciate that. <laughs> or Property Brothers. Because <laughs> everyone knows the Property Brothers were in the grunge scene back in the day. <laughs> sure. I'd, I'd, love, <laughs> I'd love to see goth versions of the Property Brothers. <laughs> so I actually, I actually don't know what Property Brothers is. I, I have no what? fucking idea what, what? that is. Yeah. Yeah. Two, just two twin brothers making a lot of money. You guys really do need a show. Like You can just rail on sports and Property Brothers and <laughs> meet Greg and Reese. and. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. John and you could call it John and Jesse know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this thing writes itself. <laughs> At least the episode will be shorter. <laughs> it's great. They're all seven minute episodes. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jesse. I'm John. Goodbye. <laughs> Apothecaries moved into wholesale production of drugs such as morphine. Is it? It's quinine, right? I'm saying quinine. I think so. And Strice something Oh, strychnine. <laughs> That's what that is. The strychnine. Um, Streisland. Uh, Barbara Streisand. Streisand. Bar- Barbara Strychnine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, in the middle of the 19th century, uh, and dye and chemical companies that established research labs and discovered medical applications for their products starting in the 1880s. Merck, for example, began as a small apothecary shop in Dormstadt, Germany. In 1668, only beginning to transition towards an industrial and scientific concern in 1827. By you said you were going to skip the fucking 1800s, dude. No, I, that was, I was all right. Go I was, back. I saw, I saw 1899. Yeah, and then he and then, went to right. 16 something. And then there was some people, and they made some more shit, and then they made more shit, and then and then there was a war. <laughs> they called it the Great War because they thought it was going to be the only one like that, but they were wrong. There were two of them. <laughs> And so this is this was like kind of a, uh, interesting. So Bayer is a was a German company, and so when World War One broke out, oh, I know this uh, story. This is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like so, Bayer so, the paint the paint company. Well, yeah. So they're a chemical company. The chemical yeah, company? Bayer aspirin. Like Bayer's aspirin. You've heard of like Bayer. Oh, Bayer. Oh yeah, yeah. Bayer. B a e r. Yeah. But 
bear. John said, he, John said bear. Bear. he said bear like it's a fucking animal. He did. He did. <laughs> it was like when Greg did a whole episode about bullying, and every time he said it, he said bowling. Bullying. You know how hard it is to say bullying? You just did it. <laughs> yeah, but I, it's like you have to say it 6,000 times. You guys are fucking bullying. <laughs> You're bullying me about my bowling. So, yeah, so they... So they so basically, there was like so you had Merck in Germany, and then you had Merck in the U.S. and it, but it was still German owned, and basically, and they had a, a patent to like bear aspirin. They had the patent for aspirin, uh, aspirin, aspirin, and aspirin. Aspirin's <laughs> yeah, beautiful, so, you know. Yeah, it's like, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And so they, when when World War One broke out, uh, the U.S. like completely they took the, like lost the right to the patent, and they took over the company, which is now today. There's that's like Merck is one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies in the world. And it, but it's an American, it like, like part of it or half of it is like an American-based company. Even even like when they started going over to England and stuff. So you have two different companies. Or you did. They actually, everybody fucking merged like in the nineties. So now you have you basically have Pfizer and I don't know some other fucking company. Jesse, so, can we fact check this? Because it sounds like. Please add it if you. If you yeah. <laughs> I'm I, my internet my internet conked out for about twenty seconds there. So I don't know if you mentioned how Bayer. <laughs> was also the inventor of heroin. No, I did not. I did not bring that up. Okay. Were you about to? <laughs> no. <laughs> did I just ruin this podcast? <laughs> yeah, it was in the, the turn of the century. Bayer, who, who was like Bayer's aspirin, they invented heroin as we know it today, pretty much, um, in the form of you know, like injectable heroin and whatnot. And it was like as a as a, like a miracle cure to everything. Doesn't matter what ails you. This will make you feel better. And it did. <laughs> My children won't go to sleep. Heroin. <laughs> My leg hurts. Heroin. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by Bayer's Aspirin. <laughs> also, wasn't World War One was when plastic surgery started to come around with all the the people who came home horribly disfigured. They, they were wards of people, and I think a lot of the like rhinoplasty and um, kind of reconstructive surgery was kind of pioneered after World War One. I. I don't know that. I cool. think. <laughs> you know what? I, I can't argue against that. So cool. <laughs> no one's going to disagree with me, so I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like googling that right now in real time. That sounds like a lot. Of I effort. remember I saw I saw Boardwalk Empire, and they had that character that was a uh, World War One veteran, and he had like half oh, yeah. of a. Remember he had half of that yeah, face that was like, had, like the, his the face, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, Phantom of the Opera thing going on, yeah. like a painted yeah. face kind yeah. of a thing. So. Mixing a little drink here. That was solid reference. <laughs> Hang on, he needs some more Di Sirono. <laughs> and uh, and and Jameson. So I'm going to try that little mixture together. That is terrifying, okay. by the way. <laughs> oh, okay. We see how you work. What is Di like Is that like a liqueur? Like, what's going on with that? Yeah, it's like a God. It's like an orangish liqueur. It's delicious. It's very good. Okay. And cheers, everybody. Cheers. 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 All right, John, ruin this party. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I have feelings. <laughs> You're all just hanging out, drinking, and <laughs> poor John drew the drew the drew the first guest episode. <laughs> we switch off who leads, and that, that just sucks for you, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the period between Jesse going fucking himself in 1918 and 1939 was marked by two breakthroughs that. <laughs> Uh, the arrival uh, I'm sorry blah, 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 was, was marked by three breakthroughs the first was penis, was insulin that could treat diabetes up until that point 
uh, a fatal condition. So if you had diabetes, you were fucked. And oh, then wow. the second was penicillin. So that would cure the wouldn't cure herpes, but, but it would cure a lot of the other stuff you got. When what year was this again? Uh, penicillin was nineteen twenty eight. There, yeah, I knew it was around the nineteen thirties when, yeah. and that was the first that was the first iteration of antibiotics. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Did you? I read about this. This is again. I don't mean to interject with with my own tidbits of information. But <laughs> that's why we're doing a podcast. <laughs> Be weird if you were quiet. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw, just enjoy silently. <laughs> we have a get, we have two guests here. They're not going to say anything, but they're here. But they're, yeah, trust us. I went to a friend's house once, and she collected old things. I like old things, old trinkets, old books, stuff like that. And one of them was a book, and it was about this thick. It was really thick. Uh, and the whole thing was a book. It was like from the early 1900s, before antibiotics were even existed, even existed or discovered. And it was about how to treat, uh, I believe, chlamydia, right? The entire book on how to treat chlamydia. And today, and what is this just... book called? And who wrote it? And where can I get it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, maybe, okay. maybe just give us some bullet points. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really read very well, so just (laughs) give me the gist of it. No, but that's not what I was going to say. Is uh, a a lot of people don't know that um, the sun is uh, acts as a natural antibiotic. Like it's true. So like hospitals were designed. (laughs) That's why Venus never gets sick. (laughs) (laughs) No, if you you had wounds, if you had open wounds, okay, and and they were infected before antibiotics were discovered, they would actually design hospitals with sunning rooms. So if you had like an infected wound, you'd just go and you'd sit in the sun for like a week and it would become healed. <laughs> Reese, is, Reese is very concerned about the bee situation. <laughs> so, what if, if you have crabs, you're just supposed to like sit out in the sun naked. Yeah, just just put your junk out, and yeah, that's how it works. That's that, no, but it's so it's it's just interesting that the the politics behind get, because everyone knew that if you had some sort of bacterial infection, you just had to go out into the sun a lot, and that would actually that would genuinely help you. And when antibiotics came out, they were having a difficult time convincing the public that like, hey, this is a thing, and it works really really well, and so they had to. I'm not kidding. They had to badmouth the sun, okay, in order to increase the sales of their antibiotics, which is why to this day, we think that if we go out into the sun for three fucking minutes, we're going to get cancer, okay? They started that. It's true. The sun can give you skin cancer. Yes, that is very much a thing, but not nearly to the extent that we have been taught for the past hundred fucking years because they wanted to increase the sales of antibiotics. Boom. Rant over. John, you may continue. <laughs> My God, get out of here. <laughs> I was going to say about insulin, because that was, that, was, that was invented by a Canadian, and he gave the patent away for free, because he, he knew that it was of benefit to the whole world, so that insulin could be made as cheaply as possible. But I know right now there's people in the US who can't afford a drug that was made free nearly 100 years ago. Yeah, mm. and they, they go to Canada to get it. As well, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, is that it's, true? It's I crazy. Yeah. Wow. Or Cuba. <laughs> yeah, no, Cuba has a, a fantastic like social health program. I mean, they're, they're failing in a lot of other ways, but with that, they fucking they nailed that. So, and and literacy rates are like one of the highest in the world. It's crazy. I mean, it's not perfect, wow. but <laughs> <laughs> it's like you build me up and then you just shatter it. Yeah, <laughs> I was already to move to Cuba, and then yeah, and then no, it's not perfect. So with with the uh, invent of penicillin or discovery of penicillin, that was the first time a government supported an international collaboration 
uh, happened with pharmaceutical companies. So uh, the, the U.S. government, along with Merck, Pfizer, and Squibb, worked on mass-producing the drug during World War II. And it actually ended up saving thousands and thousands of lives. Because, you know, you get shot, yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then you get an infection, and then you die. Dang so, green. Yep. <laughs> Trench dick. <laughs> is, that, is that a thing? It's That's his favorite porn. You had to be there, man. <laughs> it's his favorite porn. Name I, think, I, think, I think Trench Dick was a War War One thing. So. <laughs> it's Dwayne Johnson's next film. <laughs> Dwayne The Rock Johnson is Trench in. Dick. <laughs> a film by Ron Howard. Trench Dick. <laughs> Trench Dick 2. <laughs> the Reckoning. About a detective in the trenches of World War II. <laughs> it's all very innocent. <laughs> As the 20th century progressed, the benefits of medical, chemical, and biological research began to be appreciated by the general public and by politicians, promoting governments to develop mechanisms to provide support for university research. In the United States, for instance, the National Institute of Health, the National Science Foundation, the Department of Agriculture, and many other agencies undertook their own research and supported research and discovery at universities that could been, then be used by pharmaceutical or be used for pharmaceutical development. That's kind of, and also around that time is like the American Heart Association, the Stroke Foundation of Canada. So that was my coach. That's my Kate, my, my Canadian. <laughs> like, there you go, guys. Thanks. Yay. Well done on the whole Stroke Foundation thing. <laughs> After the war, the arrival of social health care systems, such as the UK's National Health Service, or NHS, in Europe, created a much more structured system, both for prescription of drugs and their reimbursement. And in 1957, the NHS the NHS brought in what was essentially a price-fixing scheme to allow reasonable return on investment for drug manufacturers, solidifying the incentive to invest in new medicines. So, yeah. yeah. It's, and that's, that's the thing is that if you do buy prescription drugs, in, in, in Wales, prescriptions are free to everyone. What? Well, not free. You pay for them with your taxes, but, I mean, they, okay. they're free at the point of delivery. Um, but in England, you have to pay for them. But, it, I mean, it'd be very easy just to drive across the border. That's cool. I didn't know I didn't, know, I didn't know you had to pay. I, th- I thought they were free all, all across Great Britain. No, no, no. no. Um, and uh, also that you don't, you have to pay for parking in England, but you don't have to pay to park at hospitals in Wales. <laughs> <laughs> is, is England, is, is, is Britain... Is that privatized health insurance, or, or, or they have health insurance, or is it public there? I don't even know. It's, it's public, so it's universal health care in Britain, but of, but but the prescriptions the do not apply to that. No, so um, the government will charge like a nominal fee. So it's 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 like it's like if you go to the dentist, you do have to pay for the dentist, but it's like a it's like a checkup is a fixed price. It's like oh, that's going to be uh, thirty pound for a checkup, and then certain kinds of surgeries are fixed at certain prices, and the government subsidizes it. So you only, you know you're only ever going to pay an affordable amount to have any kind of any kind of work done. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me that there's dentists in Great Britain? There are. Oh. <laughs> oh. Bo- both of them are really good. <laughs> <laughs> they both have carpal tunnel, though. So much work. So that much was work. good, Greg. That was good. <laughs> You've like got beautiful teeth, Reese. Oh, thank you. Congratulations. <laughs> I stare at them every time we're in the same room together. <laughs> they light up the room. <laughs> no, I, I, I moved to Canada three years ago, and I still haven't got around to go to the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in your defense, there was a pandemic. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's true. <laughs> that's true. That was one of the years. 
Um, in your defense on the other two, I, I got nothing to defend you with on that one. Right? I, was Sorry. Bu- I was busy settling into a new country. Yeah, as yeah. As <laughs> raising your kids, you know. John, this is where you say more boring things. Yeah, I was just waiting for it. No, no, no. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with you four fuckers. <laughs> the, the U.S. pharmaceutical industry was booming thanks to being part of the world's biggest and most dynamic economy. Its growth was also helped by generous funding from the government, with the National Institute of Health seeing its federal funding rise to nearly $100 million by 1956. This investment fueled the development of drugs to come over the coming decades. Meanwhile, as the industry grew wealthy, thanks to its growing portfolio of products, the potential ethical conflicts of making money from selling healthcare products became increasingly apparent. Dun, dun, dun. And here's where it all goes to shit. <laughs> so, Usually about this point in our podcast, things get dark. So um, have, uh, have any of you fellas been watching the, uh, the Crime of the Century on HBO about the opioid epidemic and uh, specifically no. about Purdue? What was it called I, again? Uh, the Crime of the Century. No, no I've, I've, I've listened to a few podcasts about it with the with Purdue and and the Painkillers. Um, yeah, but um, I'm no, I've not seen the series. So, so I, so that the the reason I actually ended up picking this topic was so that that kind of inspired this, and then um, that one of the guys in that series, I forget his name, but he wrote a book called Empire of Pain, and I started listening to it, and and so basically uh, Arthur Sackler and his two brothers Mortimer and. Something else. <laughs> so just make it up. You don't, don't hear very yeah. often anymore. Uh, yeah. Greg Mortimer and Greg um, Mortimer. They what they were like. They they grew up. Uh, they were like teenagers when the Great Depression happened or when the, when the crash happened. And so they they grew up. Uh, they went from being like their parents were doing really well, and they went, they lost everything, and then so they were kind of all like self made. And what Arthur Sackler was really good at was advertising. So he was a he was a doctor. He went to medical school, became a doctor. He also was really good at advertising. So he bought an advertising company. And so he basically kind of pioneered uh, how, like, met, like how, you know. So they basically just lie. They, they they would just say like this this drug will cure you know your it will keep your kids quiet and you know so they would do all these things and they were really good at marketing drugs and and then eventually he bought Purdue. And then you know, and but the, like their the university or the chicken st- company? No, the drug company. Oh, okay. <laughs> he bought Purdue and half a Chick Fil A. So, <laughs> but like uh, that was and with with the opioid ep- epidemic, what they did was they basically it's it's opium. That's all it is. So so oxycotton oh, is just basically opium. But what makes it different is it's it's like layered, so it's time released. So you're getting a little bit at a time all day long. Oh, so wow. it's basically yeah. So which and but what they did was like all these doctors because you don't want to use opium on somebody unless it's kind of end of life treatment, right? So if you have somebody who's dying of cancer, it doesn't fucking matter if they get addicted to opium. Give them all the opium they want to, you know, give them all the morphine they yeah. want to kill the pain. So what they did was they started marketing in the like early '90s or late '80s, early '90s to basically say that it was because of the coding, it was non-addictive. <laughs> so yeah. it's like pe- people like broke their leg and they got given these painkillers and then after they got better they ended up addicted well, to it was, it was more like ba- it's more like back injuries like, like okay. long-term chronic pain you know so yeah, people yeah. like people who have back injuries back surgeries people like have you know like getting car wrecks and like have hip problems that kind of stuff um, so they end up just addicted to opiates yeah from yeah from that is, is, opiate, is opiate addiction an, an issue in canada oh my god yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely yeah. 
very, very much. I've, I've known people who've, who've uh, gone for surgeries and have become addicted to opiates due to the opiates that they've given them due to their surgeries. Like, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah, like fentanyl is 50 to 100 times stronger than opium. So I didn't know that. I yeah. heard that fentanyl was extraordinarily lethal, yeah. but I didn't know that it was also like a drug. I, th- I, d- I thought it was just something that like, I, di- I didn't know what yeah, it was. It's an opium. Yeah. It's an opioid based, you know, it's just, I think it's, I think it's synthetic, but it's an opioid like, like, uh, Oxycontin is not synthetic. Oxycontin is basically, it is, it is a manufactured drug, but it's the coating that makes it work where I think fentanyl is actually a synthetic version of opium. And it is fucking very, yeah, it's 50 to 100 times stronger. And it's, uh, so basically, yeah, it's like if you take 10 milligrams of Oxycontin, it won't kill you. If you take 10 milligrams of fentanyl, it will probably kill you. Oh, uh, so, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. amazing and disturbing as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a problem because they're, they're packing it in with heroin now, and, and there's a lot right. of people dying from fentanyl. Yeah. Without even knowing they're taking it. So, so yeah. they made like in 2007 or, 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 or 2007, the U.S. government had a case against Purdue and they it went all the way to the top. Like basically like it was some guy in Western. Hold on. Tur- Sorry for interrupting. Like, is fentanyl a, like a drug that's being manufactured by a pharmaceutical company? Yes. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh my God! Well, They're- it was. It was. It, I think. I think the patents already run out, so I think anybody can manufacture it. But, but yeah, there was somebody. <laughs> cre- there was a company that created it, and your patent on a on a pharmaceutical lasts ten years. That's our. That's our side hustle. Beside the podcast, we also. <laughs> made yeah, yeah. Don't you fucking badmouth fentanyl, motherfucker. <laughs> that's our livelihood. <laughs> do you, Do you know who invented it? Who made it? Did you already um, say? I, I I don't. Uh, Gregory Mitchell. Yeah. Hey, easy, buddy. <laughs> Dave Fentanyl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Dave. It was even crazier. So, so Johnson and Johnson, you know, good old like don't don't cry shampoo. Yeah, with babies no more tears. Right. Yeah. They are the largest opium producer in the world. And a no. lot of the opium Wait is... Wait a minute. Is it in my kid's shampoo? That would explain <laughs> a lot. <laughs> That's why they don't cry when they get soap yeah. in their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> they don't cry, but they sure do space the fuck. Yeah, sure is, <laughs> pretty stoned looking, but whatever. He's not crying. <laughs> but man, is he really... He's like doing some major finger painting. So... Um, <laughs> He wrote a symphony. <laughs> is that a fucking? Is that a Van Gogh? Did you fucking finger paint Van Gogh? <laughs> um, but yeah, so in, in Tasmania, off of Australia, that, that's they they basically they went in and paid all these farmers, and they basically said, hey, if you stop growing, you know, wheat and whatever, and start growing opium, and then Johnson and Johnson, they actually figured out a way to they they genetically modified it so that every poppy bulb has like. I don't. I don't know what they're like. Two or three or four times more opioid in it than Amazing. than a normal poppy seed or poppy plant. Nice. Yeah. So it's fucking insane. Yeah. Huh? I think it's kind of fucked up that some people can't handle their drugs and they just ruin it for everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean that just that just sounds like like good production. I mean like that just sounds like good yeah. innovation. You know. Well, and and for years, Greg just is sitting quiet most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Comes out and, that Johnson book. and Johnson developed the fucking COVID vaccine, man. Well, yeah, and you're did. shitting all over them, John. Well, uh, I mean, you know, hey, man, they're not, they're all It was good. all they're for all profit, bad. though. It was all yeah. for fucking profit. Same all, with yeah. AstraZeneca, man. It's no. not all for profit. Well, because this shot's got opium in it. So. <laughs> There's lots of things that make money that are good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I'm not sure. Burgers. You've got to, sure. All you've got I mean, to do is... 
<laughs> You've got to water down your opium and introduce it to children at a young age. <laughs> in, their, in their shampoo. <laughs> in their shampoo. <laughs> instead of, you don't give them Oxycontin, you give them Oxycontin. <laughs> Up until 1961, um, like, there wasn't a lot of regulation. Yeah, you know, like there was F- the FDA did re- like the, there was 1906. The there was like in America there was a Food and Something Act that passed, and that and that was part of it. So there was regulation, but they weren't really monitored. So then in in 1961, uh, there was something called the thalidomide scandal of 1961, prompted an increase in the regulation and testing of drugs before licensing. So oh, basically, that was, that was about birth defects, wasn't it? it was the yeah, um, the morning yeah. sickness pill. And all the kids were born with like limbs and, and things that weren't fully formed. Yeah. There was about 10,000 10, children who were born with birth defects. About another 5,000 died after birth. And then they don't know what how many miscarriages. What was the pill you said, Reese? What was that? Formaldehyde. Was, was not formaldehyde. What was it? I can't even no. say. No, I remember, I remember what you're talking about. I forget the name of the drug, though. Thalidomide, yeah. I think. Th- yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it was in the late 50s and early 60s, the use of thalidomide in women, some of which were pregnant, or got pregnant after in 46 countries resulted in the biggest man-made medical disaster ever. Um, and what, it, what and basically what they did was they, they marketed it for morning sickness. Yeah. Morning sickness. That's what <laughs> you but, said, Reese. Okay, but they, gotcha. uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, but they knew that it caused problems. They knew? Yeah, they knew. They oh, knew. my God. That's and horrible. It, well, and the same thing. Uh, so with Valium, uh, and I forget, I think it was, was it Roche? I think Roche came up with Valium, and they knew that Valium was addictive. And they... Yeah, but it's also delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Tastes like Smarties. <laughs> yeah. But the reason... But, but their defense, right? And, and all these pharmaceutical companies throughout... Uh, well, since, since the, I guess, the 40s up until... Like, even Purdue did this. Like uh, the, the, all the, the Sacklers, right? The family that owns Purdue. They all say that it's not the drug. It's people who are abusing it. That's like what they say over and what? over again. Fucking bullshit. Yeah, I know, right? It's like goat. God, and, well, man. that's that's like that's like yeah. something Greg would say. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, like thirty seconds ago. <laughs> so, wow, what bullshit? Yeah, that's crazy. That's that's fucked up. Yeah. It's fucked up, right? Yeah. Um, you know. So all right. So then. Uh, all right. So these these drugs ushered in. And, oh, I'm sorry. So uh, Fortean methods uh, enabled more rational methods of mass production and increasing understanding of biology and chemistry enabled drug candidates to be chosen systemically rather than discovered serendipitously. The first of novel drugs from the post-war era speaks for itself. The contraceptive pill introduced in 1960 uh, had an impact on society almost as massive as that of penicillin. Uh, and then you had, let's see, Valium was brought to the market by Roche in 1963, followed by the introduction of the mono, monoamine oxidase inhibitor, the MAOI class of antidepressants. Antidepressants, and, yeah. Yeah, and antipsychotic. So, and then these drugs shared, uh, ushered in a new era of psychiatric treatment, adding pill-based treatments to the psychoanalytic ones that had previously characterized uh, psychiatry in this era. So Fucking, you know. some some of the some of the antidepressants out there are really fucked though. Yeah, they like, are. <laughs> example, uh, I, uh, I, I I knew someone who Prozac went. Is one. They were on. Have you guys ever heard of um, uh, Paxil? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's the fucking devil drug, man. It's horrible. I, I knew someone who was in a car accident and they went to the hospital and they had to be admitted to the hospital for like several days. And after I think 
three or four days, they were wildly hallucinating, wildly, wildly hallucinating. They thought they were on a pirate ship and that people were coming to get them. And the doctors <laughs> were like, what is going on? What is happening? And they couldn't figure it out. And one of the family members is like, is he taking his Paxil? And they're like, oh, he's on Paxil? Oh, shit. They gave him his Paxil. The hallucination stopped. This is after four days without wow. it. Yeah, but you don't... Maybe he was hallucinating before he got on to Paxil, and that was what was keeping it at bay. That's true. <laughs> well, and also, he, he was also on opium. <laughs> Opium's always the answer, Jesse, always. Right, of course. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> and also, what happened in the 70s was it was like a, the, the government uh, basically had a war on cancer. And, and and also cancer research. Who won research. that one? Cancer's still winning. Still winning. I was going to say, yeah. which, which country did they bomb? Yeah. <laughs> America. They bombed America. Yeah. 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 Uh, it was also uh, cancer research in the UK showed that uh, survival rates have doubled since the early 70s, due in large part to the massive innovation of oncology medicines that have occurred since then. ACE or ACE inhibitors arrived in 1975, improving cardiac health and even drugs as ubiquitous as fucking I don't know how to say this and ibuprofen <laughs> were developed in 1956 and 1969. I really want to know. I kind of want to know too. Uh, it's uh, paracetamol. Oh yeah, paracetamol. That hmm. that paracetamol is like a is an off the shelf painkiller they sell in the UK. Oh, all right, cool. I'm going to send you guys my my notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before every too. episode, John's going to send you his notes, ask you to spell it out phonetically, and then send it back to him. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's uh, for the sake of time, all right, we're going to jump into the uh, the 2010s. Yeah, so the tr- so 2010s <laughs> saw the what development. What a decade. The, late, the, late, the last decade full of medical technology is fucking fascinating. It really honestly. is. Well, because really of all the is, biotechnology. Yeah. And the, I know, right? Yeah. 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 Before, before we jump on, I've got a, a funny Viagra story. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Are there any non-funny Viagra stories? <laughs> no, so, so um, there's, there's a little Welsh town called Merthyr Tydfil, and it's like nestled in mountains, and there's a lot of drug testing where you do people, a lot of people um, do voluntary drug, drug testing. They get paid some money, they go to hospital, they get injected, they get observed, they leave. And um, they were testing angina treatment on people there and the side effect was all the men got erections and that's how they discovered viagra really <laughs> it was a side effect from an, uh, these angina drugs <laughs> how did that go down like someone was like do you have an erection too because i can't get rid of this bad news. it was so funny if nobody picked up on it like bad yeah, news no one wanted the, to say anything <laughs> the angina drugs are complete failure we've wasted a million dollars <laughs> so there's one dude who was like hey anybody else got an erection and that guy is the hero of viagra right exactly. now i have a neat anecdote not a story, not a story, but an anecdote. Well, I guess an anecdote is a story. So, no, a, a tidbit of interesting trivia on Viagra, which is for a small percentage of people, uh, if you take Viagra, there's a side effect, a completely harmless side effect that is very neat. Where you, for again, for a small percentage of people, who take Viagra, <laughs> including Jesse, tables, apparently. Include, no, it has. I took, I took it once. Or I took it uh, uh, when I was. I, I took it in the past. This did not happen to me. You see everything in a shade of blue. Everything. This is true. This is true. I'm not making this up. It's like putting on blue tinted sunglasses. Literally everything is a shade of blue. And that happens for a very small percentage of people who take Viagra. And unfortunately, did not happen to me. I really kind of hoped it did, but it didn't. Is blue your favorite color? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would have been if that happened. I mean, did you, 
Did you get an erection or no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the side effect you want. We can talk about that later if you want. Your angina cleared up. Blue, blue boners. Blue boners. That's all my chest pain went away. <laughs> all right, so the 2010s saw the development of innovative new classes of medicines, building on the greater understanding of the body since the genome was first sequenced at the end of the last century. It's weird to think that the last century was like the 90s. <laughs> so, uh, this oh, knowledge yeah, right? Yeah, That's weird. Yeah. We're fucking old, guys. Yeah, fucking old. Oh, God. You guys are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Wait, uh, how old are you? <laughs> I, I, I was only 16 when the 90s ended, so Who's the I'm youngest person here? Yeah, I'm oldest one here. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Greg's the oldest one here. <laughs> I'm I'm, 50, I'm 51. <laughs> oh yeah, you're the oldest one here. Okay. <laughs> am, I, am, I the, am I the youngest? Do you? I think you're the youngest one, Reese. I'm yeah. 36. Yeah, you're the yeah, youngest. Sure. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know what Je- I don't know how old Jesse is, but I'm 40, 42. 42? Yeah, me too. That's me. Yeah. Woo. Well, I'm not even. I'm, I'm the I'm the second oldest. So, but you all look like you're gonna live longer than me. Because <laughs> you haven't gone to the dentist yet. Yeah. It's just Jesse's background. It makes him look younger. Because <laughs> he's kind of like a hologram. So like it's he kind of is. Yeah. He just keeps disappearing. Yeah, he does keep disappearing. It's very bizarre. I actually thought when he left at one point, and then he just he wasn't he wasn't gone. And then his head just popped. His head just there, was like a, there was like a glass. <laughs> you could just see yeah, a glass. The what the glass. fuck yeah. happened? <laughs> This knowledge of genetics and the underlying cause of many diseases, including cancer, has resulted in powerful new drugs. In cancer, the pharma industry has begun producing immunotherapies, which do not act directly against the disease, but instead enlist the immune system to fight against um, malignant tissues. It's yeah, fucking fascinating. Do what? It's fascinating. Yeah, it really is. It really is. So, I mean, it's, just, it's like, it, like, we actually work with, uh, Greg and I, we work together and we, we work with a guy, his son... Or I guess his daughter-in-law. She's works for a biotech company, and you know it's like the shit they're doing is just insane. It's like they're using gold to fight cancer. <laughs> so really, oh, that's yeah, cool. It's like that. yeah, that'll probably increase the value a little bit. So that's real. <laughs> <laughs> as, as in like people are donating money, or are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. With enough money, you won't get cancer. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ask what them what they're doing with mercury. What are they doing with mercury? That's <laughs> the wonder element. <laughs> Uh, Reese is like, I got a whole bucket of it at home. <laughs> I just keep pouring it over my head. Right. I, I'm not going to get cancer, right? And I definitely won't drink it if it's worth a lot. So. Yeah, yeah, no, it is, it is. Um, but the buckets of semen are absolutely worthless. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to drink those, you can. You know, yeah. so. Dr- drink those all you want. Also fights cancer, I understand. <laughs> the oh amino acids. Yeah, fight cancer. Jesus Christ. So that's where the get porn stars are. They're all fucking cancer patients. <laughs> Fucking hell, man! The the idea of immunotherapy all coming together. (laughs) We just blew blew Jesse's mind. (laughs) I'd been around since the late 1900s. I just made a joke that grossed myself out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I saw the look on your face. You were not happy with that one. Um, anyway, Sorry, I, I'm not even going to read this. Just a bunch of cancer shit, cancer shit, cancer shit, immunotherapies. Oh, and they're, yeah, they're starting to, they're using something. I will, this is, uh, what is this called? It's, uh, right. Uh, they're using, there's, have something now called uh, chimeric antigen receptor T cell drugs, which is where you take your, your T cells and they make mm. your T cells fight the cancer, which is pretty fucking That's awesome. Amazing. Yeah. 
Meanwhile, in infectious diseases, the pharma industry has been able to produce effective drugs that could lead to the eradication of hepatitis C in the next few years. And in 2020, the pharma industry produced dozens of potential vaccines for the COVID-19 pandemic in record time. And that was all because of the genome stuff. So, no, no, that was all because of the Trump administration. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, right. Operation right. Warp Speed. Right. Yes. yes. Are you, uh, John, are you going to talk about... Are you going to talk about messenger RNA vaccines for a minute? Do what? Are you going to talk about the messenger RNA vaccines for a minute? Uh, I'm I'm, I'm not because I don't fucking understand them, but I know that it was based on (laughs) genome. I I don't understand them either. Yeah. But from what little I've read about them, this is fascinating. So it's a different type of vaccine. So the the, the vaccine that we've all used been used to getting is they they, as you know, they give you a a piece of the dead virus, a piece of the virus that is dead. So it can't actually activate and replicate. Can we call it what it is? A zombie virus? Can we please call it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Just like just like the video (laughs) game. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and your body and your immune system, your T cells and your B cells, they learn how to fight this virus because the virus isn't fighting back because it's dead, um, and and that's what we've had for for decades, and it's very effective. Uh, actually, the World Health Organization considers an a, a vaccine effective if it is effective over 50%, 50%, it is considered an effective vaccine. Uh, so the messenger RNA vaccines, which have been, uh, it's a type of uh, tech, uh, vaccine tech that has been developed for 30 years, okay? And it was just ready for human trials when human when COVID-19 came out. <laughs> like, it was an insane coincidence. It was insane. And all of the governments of the world are like, uh, so you guys have that tech ready to go, right? You want to try it out? We got something for you to try it out on. <laughs> And then, uh, so they're, they they put it out there, and like it has a ninety five percent success rate. And the, even the scientists who developed the uh, messenger RNA vaccine for COVID nineteen, they're like, "Holy fuck! We knew this was effective. We had no idea it was going to be this effective." I can't and imagine scientists sitting around saying, "Holy fuck!" I just, I, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, just, I feel like they could use bigger words. Oh gosh, golly, gee. <laughs> <laughs> so here's here's the neat thing. It was so inc- this this new messenger RNA vaccine for COVID nineteen, which again people look at this as like it's a brand new thing, and they're so terrified because people are scared of anything that's new. It's understandable. Right? Of course. I get it. But they've been developing this tech for 30 years, right? Um, and it's, it blows, it blew their minds about how effective we were. So now they're like, well, fuck, we've got the, like, literally, we are on the precipice of brand new medical technology that has just proven itself far, far beyond anything we expected it to. So now they're developing it for three new things. They're testing it out on three new things, which they're fairly confident they can, they can nip in the bud. Is one of the them first herpes? is versus the malaria. I know you're getting excited about an anti-herpes, but sorry, not yet. John calls those what? Ball hives, right? That's what the- <laughs> <laughs> so the, love, the, love the first herpes. is malaria. They're, they're going to get rid of they're, they're fairly certain they can pretty much cure malaria with a vaccine. The second is a universal flu vaccine, as in you don't get a flu vaccine once a year. You get another flu vaccine, and that's it for the rest of your fucking life. They can, they can, done. They can keep up with the variants and all that stuff? That's yeah. the idea? Wow. Yeah. And the third one, and this one is, they're like, we, you know, like, we don't want to say with confidence, but like, we're pretty sure we can do this. Cancer. Hmm. Yeah, like personalized wow. cancer, as in like, if one of you gets cancer, they personal, they tailor your vac- cancer vaccine for your personal cancer and away it goes. See, that's they're not like, marketable, though. They should have gone with ED. 
I know, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> you can advertise that during sports, you know? Or male, male pattern baldness. Or, or baldness. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's just what I read. I don't that's know a super, lot of science that's, that's, that's super interesting. That's man. fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Right? That's yeah. awesome. Like, we're, we're, we're the... This COVID... Like, COVID-19 was a horrible, horrible fucking pa- uh, a pandemic, but it ushered in a new set of drugs that is going to be life-altering for everybody for the decades to come. Well, that was one, one of the things that actually, I, and I, I, it was somewhere in all this stuff that I skipped over, but one of the things that was pretty amazing about one of the biggest drivers for uh, pharmaceuticals in the world was the Cold War. Because, How so? Because, That's because, well, because Because it was the, the military, like all these militaries were like trying to figure out chemical warfare, biological warfare against each other. In doing that, they were also at the same time discovering like discovering things about cells and viruses and microorganisms, and you know, so they were they were learning a lot because they were pumping so much money into the Department of Defense to like figure out how to do these things. So it was like like kind of a side, you know, they weren't trying to do that, but it was like kind of a, a benefit of it. Amazing, so, yeah. Wow. There's, a, there's a great book called The Fruits of War, and it basically goes through history looking at moments where there were wars and everyone came together for a common purpose and money and resources were poured into science and you know developing things and you know the the advancement of medicine and everything else technology just happened because of it so i guess the cold war it it makes total sense it's like everyone was like had endless amounts of money to pour into this kind of research to kill each other <laughs> on the but on the way there they found some cool stuff that could also help people too so. yeah. yay cold war yeah. yay. <laughs> when you make an omelet you're gonna kill you know seven eight million people <laughs> you know <laughs> i think that's how the saying goes I, i'm pretty uh, sure that's correct yeah yeah that's, 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 why, that's why i don't make omelets yeah. anymore <laughs> just go scrambled eggs it's fine scrambled eggs are fine I don't India. Yeah. The, the guilt I mean that fucking Denver omelet is delicious but the guilt yeah the guilt um, <laughs> just throw some fucking ham and onions and some scrambled eggs okay <laughs> but don't call it an omelet don't call don't it an omelet, omelet. <laughs> okay, but there are some challenges in this new frontier. Uh, the new okay. generation of drugs are expensive and have pushed the limits of healthcare systems, finances, as well as the boundaries of science. With the hepatitis C drugs, uh, Gilead, uh, which I guess is the, the manufacturer of this, faced huge amounts of controversy over the initial cost of its therapies, although these were reduced drastically over time as more uh, competitors came to market. And firms such as Vertex have added the controversy, or have added to the controversy with tough pricing demands for new therapies for cystic fibrosis, leading to standoff lasting several years with payers in countries such as the UK. So that's kind of fascinating. Yeah. And here's some. Here's some. Uh, so in 2019, the United States remained the world's largest single pharmaceutical market, generating more than 490 billion of revenue, despite Jesus being only Christ. point. Two percent, or I'm sorry, despite being only a two point two point percent increase from the previous fiscal year, the United States market accounted for forty eight percent of the global pharmaceutical market. So we fucking take a lot of drugs in this country. (laughs) (laughs) Top pharmaceutical companies located in Canada in 2020 by revenue total pharmaceutical sales in Canada came to about thirty billion U.S. dollars in 2019. Of wow. this, U.S.-based diversified health company Johnson and Johnson generated nearly four point two billion dollars. So and they're, they're, so they fuckers. have the largest Johnson Johnson has the largest market share in Canada at thirteen percent. It's because it's because in America you, you got drugs for everything. In yeah, we America. do. Yeah, we do. We sure do. And it seems like Johnson Johnson is kind of your whipping company tonight, John. 
Is that hey man? I'm just I'm just fucking giving <laughs> you an agenda, man, buddy. I, I think yes. I think at some point in his childhood, like he had the the no tears shampoo, and it hurt, and it burned. So now yeah. he's like, <laughs> he's got a personal vendetta. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. you're not supposed to rub it in directly, though. Yeah, you're <laughs> just supposed to pour it in your eye. <laughs> um, so in 2018, the global pharmaceutical market was worth nine nine hundred and fifty two point five one billion dollars. Jesus. Yeah. Holy fuck. So that is almost a fucking trillion dollars. Right? How far away is that from a trillion dollars, John? Um, it's 952.51 minus one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's one minus nine. Yeah, point. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> what, we're not a math show. We've talked about this a million times. <laughs> yeah. um, no, no, no. You mean we're not a maths show pluralized math show <laughs> and purdue purdue pharma is owned by one of the uh, they're owned by one of the america's richest families uh their collective net worth is 13 billion so jesus christ uh, it's not that big well so what's crazy this so this podcast so, makes more than that <laughs> <laughs> wait what <Who> does? <laughs> motherfucker you have been holding out on us yeah this is actually a fake background i live in a mansion so West, <laughs> West Virginia ended up suing Purdue in 2007, and at that point, they had made $9.3 billion on OxyContin, and they settled for $600 million. Jesus Christ. And, and basically, and there was no criminal action, because there was going to be a criminal, like the U.S. government was going to prosecute, and then it went all the way to whoever the uh, attorney general at the top at that time was, they, just, they didn't pursue the case. It's because they've got, so they got so much money, though, haven't they? They can just yeah, like, yeah. they just buy, just yeah. take people to play golf and all that kind of stuff. They do like, is that how it works? They take them to play golf and then yeah, they, pretty pretty yeah, much you take yeah. people to to, <laughs> yeah. to go golfing and then all is forgiven. Exactly. And it's golf, Viagra, <laughs> <laughs> buckets of semen. That's that's how <laughs> our economies work. That's uh, so 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 here's something that's kind of fascinating, and I, and I can't, I, I didn't again. It's just something I skipped over, but. Uh, we're about to close it out, and I just wanted to kind of finish up with this. So, penicillin was discovered, or, or, you know, in 1928, and we are now down to six antibiotics that still work, and no companies are producing antibiotics because there's no money in it. What? Yeah. Well, there's no money. So, so basically, if you go produce a dick pill, you can charge thirty dollars for a dick pill, and people will pay that. But but the market. So it takes. So so for for a Drug to end up on market, they start out with five to ten thousand chemical compounds. They get it down to two hundred and fifty chemical compounds. Then they start doing animal testing, and then they get it down to five chemical compounds. And then they'll move to human trials. And then so basically, it takes about a billion dollars and about ten years to get a drug from start to finish. So it's a wow. lot of money. So if it's not profitable for them, they won't do it. So what what happened like what was in, like in the twenties, thirties, forties, and fifties? Governments around the world would partner with these pharmaceutical companies and develop things like antibiotics. So, and, and I cannot remember her name, but there, there was a, a, like I was reading an article from this woman, and she was saying that we are basically about 100 years from the time penicillin happened, we will no longer have antibiotics that work. So we, we're, we're going to, like, so, in the, so if we don't develop new antibiotics, we're, we're, we're about six to eight years away from having working antibiotics. So that means... Because, we, because we're becoming immune? Well, because the viruses are becoming immune. Because the, mic, the microbes are becoming immune. Good job, immune. they're really slow. Yeah, well, so it's like, so basically you have to think that human beings, 
I knew him. Like, this is the part of every episode where John just shits all over our future. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah. John's the only one who does that, Greg. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but so, so uh, it's so in the time it takes a human being to turn. So in twenty five years, right? So we, we get we. And that, that's basically that's the average age at which we reproduce. So it's like so every twenty five years we're creating a new generation. Viruses in that time will. Uh, multiple, they will have forty thousand generations, so they're very so they they have a lot more time to figure shit out and adapt, right? So basically, that's what's happening. So if we don't have new antibiotics by the year twenty twenty eight, you will no longer be able to have knee surgeries or because your infections, your your, your risk of dying will be too high. You want, so it, she says that basically you'll have ten million people a year that will die that aren't dying now. So I mean that's yes you're you're correct but then there's bacteriophages which like so phages were a, a form of antibiotics before the, the type of antibiotics that we're familiar with became so intensely popular but like phages were so incredibly difficult to manufacture but that was way back when and and technology has shrunk it's gotten faster it's gotten easier so we actually have an alternative to antibiotics oh. which are phages which like yeah they the only shitty thing about phages is they have to be tailored to each person individually it can't be a blanket pill like you go to your family doctor like here just take this pill get out of my fucking office you know it's like oh you've got this specific bacterial infection give me your blood we'll send it to the lab we'll create a bacterial phage for you and that's tailored just for your thing so yeah it's it's we have it it's just expensive (laughs) right which is well that's there's a little ray of sunshine yeah Yeah, john John, you're fired All right. All right. Jesse, how come when we talk about politics and hockey, you know nothing? Then we talk about drugs. You're almost a doctor. Jesse's the smartest person I've ever met in my life. I cannot believe it's the same guy. That was like. uh, Just the wrong topic. Yeah, it's just just wrong. We were out of his wheelhouse. You know what? Our podcast would be sciencey shit. That's going to be our podcast. That's what it's going to be called. Sciencey shit. Sciencey shit. What stuff we read. All right. Uh, you guys ready for last shot? Yeah, let's do it. Well, All technically right. it's called last call, but whatever. Well, yeah, you oh, wait, last oh, shot. Shit. No, I you need, I need booze drunk. in my glass. Hold on. Hey, can you pass some DiSorno this way? <laughs> <laughs> can you Skype me some DiSorno? DiSorno? Is that what you said? What do you call it? DiSorno? Oh, yeah. I've had it before. I think I was able to make like a flaming drink with it. DiSorno? Hey, we yeah. just always oh, doing Jameson. Oh, Jameson. oh, good Lord. Before oh. I take us out here, I just want to... Guys, thank you so much for coming on. No, like, thanks for having us. It's been, oh, it's been, been awesome. Oh, this has been really it's fun, been, man. It's been it's a lot of fun. And, and for the I, record, I, I've just had a lot of Jameson in my life, so it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. But yes, thank you guys so much for being out here, man. This was so oh, much fun. Thank you. I, I, I normally don't drink on podcasts uh, when I'm doing podcasts, so I, I hope I haven't like monopolized the conversation. Not even a little bit, no. And, and no, you're welcome anytime fantastic. because we, we drink a lot on this podcast. Well, John doesn't. He's kind of a lightweight. I am. I am. Well, you know, I have a, a fragile constitution. So. A fragile Black constitution, yes. Yeah. I, I, so. I plugged a local brewery on our podcast just because they were going out of business. And they were like, hey, buy our beer. We're going out of business because of because COVID. Because of COVID, yeah. And um, they sent me loads of free beer. It was great. Which is like yeah. a strange tactic for a company that needs its, its product. <laughs> yeah, like, it's going yeah. out of business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why they went out of business. They're Model was all fucked up. They're just giving away beer away for free. They were trying to start a beer economy, and they just yeah, it didn't work. It didn't take out. 
All right. COVID-19 was a stark reminder that nature wants us dead. Nature specifically wants all of us here at HDI dead. They tried taking Kevin out on the slopes, tried killing Greg and I with COVID. But eat a dick, nature, because we have drugs. For the first time in 100 years, we lived in a world that our great-grandparents would find familiar. Thankfully, through advancements in science and biotechnology, what would have been years of wearing masks and muting our lives while we wait on a vaccine ended up being less than two years. Mm -hmm. Modern medicine has allowed us to live longer than any of our ancestors. It has allowed us to take our kids to the park without worrying about them getting polio, smallpox, or dying from a bacterial infection from that scratch they got going down the slide. Pharmaceuticals have allowed us to thrive in every aspect of our lives. While there are certainly unexpected side effects or the risk of addiction with some drugs, overall, pharmaceuticals have made the world better for most of humankind. Medicine is a business, so we certainly need to encourage our elected officials to regulate pharmaceutical companies. If we let them run wild and only think about the profits, we end up with an opioid crisis. We must continue to walk that fine line of keeping companies motivated to create new antibiotics while maintaining their profits. This won't be easy, but we can do it if we stay diligent. History is not defeating itself. It is thriving in this pharmacological supported world we live in. Fuck Have yeah, John. Week. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> and we Play the anthem. Play you the anthem. make history. Thanks so much, guys. Cheers. Really Thank you. Yeah. Cheers. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, dear listener, do you enjoy listening to us ramble incoherently about Canadian politics and history? Boy, do we have a special fucking treat for you. We've got our first ever official live show at a bar. It's at Two Crows Brewing on uh, Brunswick Street in Halifax on Sunday, May the 26th at 8 p.m. And uh, if you go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, if you look at the banner at the top, it will take you to the tickets so that you can uh, book a ticket and come and spend some quality time. It is going to be a very intimate affair. There are like only about 50 tickets available. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to drink a lot. We're going to quiz. Reese is going to quiz me at the end, but he's also going to quiz the audience and see if they know more than I do. And any alcohol you buy, Reese and I, we promise to drink it no matter how much it is. If you want to hold our hair while we barf in the plants outside of the bar, we'll do that for you. So go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, click the banner at the top, and on Sunday, May the 26th at Two Crows Brewing on Brunswick Street, we will see you there.